Yeah, you are in the Women uh, in Business room. We are doing a marketing crash course today. And as I've just mentioned, we've got two amazing experts in the room. I am not your expert. I'm the expert on outsourcing. <laughs> so I'm all about the outsourcing. Um, and yeah, big thank you to uh, Luke and Big Doug for um, continual support of sponsoring this room. So definitely go and um, check out what they do. I'm going to kick off with a question that I'm going to pose to everyone. Um, so I am not an expert when it comes to marketing. If you ask me, my top tip would be outsource it to marketing Michaela um, and let her sort it. But I'm going to ask, how important do you think a marketing budget is to have in your business? Like, do you think you can do without it? Do you think you should just go ad hoc and do as and when? Or do you think it's important to have a budget no matter what size business you are? Who wants to go first? I will do it if you want. Yeah, she is. Hello, I'm Marketing Michaela. The reason Haley's calling me Marketing Michaela is because I changed my name on LinkedIn, so I knew who was sending me automated messages and who was actually just messaging me personally. So if it says hi, Marketing, then I pie them off, basically. Can I just add in there, actually, Michaela, before that, you made me change your number in my phone to Marketing Michaela. (laughs) Well, that's where the genius idea came from. (laughs) It just sounds good as well. It was either that or Crypto Kayla. So um, we went with Marketing Michaela. Uh, anyway, yeah, um, marketing budget is super important. I think when once you get out of the startup phase, um, because there's never much budget spur then, and you do have budgets for things, then um, you should be spending 30% of your profits on marketing to allow you to generate more leads, bring them in and, and add them to your sales process. Otherwise, you're just going to spend more on your sales team so it depends what kind of um i guess it depends what kind of business you've got but for us we advise 30 percent of profits going back into marketing if you're looking to to grow a business and create brand awareness and that's my opinion i'd be interested to see what everybody else says 30 percent that that's a lot isn't it and does that go into i'm just going to carry on asking you because you're answered but um would you split that into different areas or would you go this month we're going to do this this month that or would you have different things to spend that on yeah so that that's really if you're looking to grow to be honest so i mean if you was doing 10 grand a month you need to if you was making 10 grand a month you need to be spending three grand a month back on to to allow you to continue to grow people will hit a growth period and then put the brakes on to deal with that or look to um, look to do other other things like maybe filling gaps, which I, I guess is right. But if you want to continue growing and growing, then you need to be spending thirty percent back into marketing, and that's all forms. That could be improving your website, social media, pay per clicks. Um, you, well, if you just look at pay per clicks, if you do ten, if you spend a thousand pound on pay per clicks and you've generated four thousand pound business off that one thousand pound then you want to put 30 percent of that back into it and continue to grow um so just using that as an example you wouldn't then continue to just do a thousand pounds you'd up it to 30 percent. so when you're doing 10 grand a month you'd up it to three thousand pound a month and and so on if you was just using that one that one kind of revenue stream uh, or that one marketing stream um but yeah we we split it across the board we find out what people's budgets are and then obviously um split it to to have several different avenues so it wouldn't just be one thing but it just makes sense if you if you think of the paper clicks point of view then obviously you're going to keep up in that because it's going to keep generating you money so why would you not i suppose it makes sense when you put it like that um anyone else
just uh, feel free to just Shall speak I jump up. In, yeah, anyone just jump in when you're not talking over someone else. I'll Go jump for it. In. Um, bear in mind, I am driving, so I hope the signal doesn't drop. But yeah, so I completely agree with Michaela. You do need to put a sizable amount of money back into marketing, but it completely depends on what type of business you are um, and what your end goal is. So, marketing, a lot of people overlook marketing, but at the end of the day, you can have the nicest shop in the world, but if nobody knows it exists, then you're not going to get any sales. And that is very true now, so much of e commerce. So when you're looking at e-commerce websites, if you set up a brand new e-commerce website, there are millions and millions and millions of websites on the on the internet. How do you how do people find your website? And most people will go, well, I'll post it on my Facebook page and I'll put it on my Twitter. That's marketing, right? Because what you're trying to do is drive awareness for your brand or your or your website or whatever. Now I guess it comes into two pools because Big Doug sits into two very distinct categories, even though we do sell um, industrial workplace products. Uh, and especially through COVID. So we adapted our marketing strategy with a, a I call it B2A, but we do have a very a very set B2C uh, marketing strategy and a very set B2B marketing strategy. And ours is carved up into two areas. We've got brands and we've got uh, transactional marketing. So when you look at transactional marketing, those are the things that Michaela talked about. You've got your PPCs, you've got your emails, um, you've got your organic SEO, you've got your affiliates. So you've got all of those types of things which drive transactional, which is called transactional marketing. They drive transactions. If you, you spend a pound on PPC and you get four pound back, then that is transactional marketing. So of course, if you spend two pounds, you'd get eight back in, in theory, right? It, it's not as simple and clean cut as that, but that's transactional marketing. And you do need to, whatever business you're in, whether that's B2B or B2C, um, whether that you'll be selling services or products, you still need to get visibility. And obviously Google and Bing, uh, well, Google especially is, is the biggest place for you to do that, but that costs money. So you need to have a level of investment to keep that going. And there's lots of things around keyword analysis and competitor analysis and making sure you're top of page, all of this. Is, there's a lot, right? And then when you go into my sphere, which is what I look after, which is brand, social, and PR. So that's where you go kind of big guns, and that's how you build a brand. So Big Doug three years ago was a transactional business, what I would call a transactional business whereby we spent money on marketing, we spent a pound and got four pound back. We allocated a level of budget uh, out of the percentage of our, of our sales to brand, whereby we do television, radio, clubhouse, TikTok, Facebook. Um, we do, we've got like a QVC style show, we've got podcasts. Uh, so that is what I would call brand awareness, where you build a brand. So you kind of get a level of household recognition for, um, for your name. So, and that does one main thing, it builds trust. So essentially my job is to build trust among the United Kingdom. So then when people go and Google our product or Google our brand name, they buy from us. So uh, we're in a very competitive industry. If I take shelving, there are no differentials between shelving and our industry. You could buy shelving from anyone and it's pretty much the same. Um, so what I try to do is build trust as a brand. So when people see Big Doug on the Gloucester Rugby shirt or they see Big Doug on Facebook or they see Big Doug on the telly or Big Doug in Clubhouse, then when they type garage shelving or workplace shelving into Google and they see Big Doug, they go, oh, well, I've, seen, I've heard Big Doug in their mind. So they click it because they trust us. So there's two types of brand marketing. There's trans well, there's two types of marketing in my books. There's, there's um, transactional and brand. They both are as valuable as each other, but you do need to spend money um, to make sure that you are getting a return on your investment. Wow, Luke, you've just blown my mind. Um, 
and I suppose you've absolutely fitted in what we've wrote in the title, which was marketing crash course. Um, but you've just proven to me as well that it's such an in-depth thing. Like you've, you've definitely got to be have a good understanding and you know level expert. I think to be able to have yeah. it in inside your business and do it yourself. Um, sorry, Michaela, are you trying to speak? Yeah, no, just going to say, you know, um, there's a reason that people study marketing at university because it isn't just as straightforward as I'm going to post in a Facebook group, um, just like you would outsource to an accountant because they have to do a, a degree in it. But for some reason, when it's a creative thing, people think, oh, I can jump on this and I can do it. And to a level, everybody can. I can do my own accounts to a level, but there's absolutely no way I'm going to do my own tax return. But I do understand my cash flow month by month. So I think when you get to the point where you're profitable and you can set some budget aside it's it's really really important and obviously i completely agree with what luke said you and then you need to decide what is more important for you as a company is it to build this brand or is it more important for you to be generating leads or the the transactional one as luke put it we would say it's you know lead generation what is going to be more important for you right now generally in the startup phase um, coming out of them and even up to micro business going into sma it's more about lead gen but off the back of that if you have no brand awareness and you have no trust it's more challenging you're going to pay more to acquire a client than if you did already have that trust because people will just naturally start coming to you i mean you've seen it Haley, from being on clubhouse you're not spending money by by sitting in clubhouse and doing this but the people that you meet are now giving you contracts because they trust you and they hear about your business and they understand what you do so you're doing brand awareness uh foc uh, but obviously you can spend a a decent chunk of your your marketing budget on creating that as well yeah that makes absolute sense i think like the way you say it it's got to be a two-pronged attack hasn't it like you, you've got to kind of have a little bit of both and maybe not just one or the other absolutely but from a marketer's point of view it's a living nightmare doing the brand awareness piece because you don't see immediate returns on it it's something that that just takes time like for, for people to trust your brand and for them to really become aware of who you are you're going to spend a lot of money and a lot of time and hitting people in all different areas as well so it's difficult when you're outsourcing because it may look like not a lot of it is being achieved whereas if it's a lead generator or a transactional piece as luke says then you're going to see those returns immediately so as a marketing person you want to do both because the client always thinks they know better and would be up for dropping the the brand piece but in the long term actually that's that's a bad decision so you just try and allocate some of the budget regardless of what they've said basically <laughs> <laughs> good to know michaela good to know uh denise i know you were flashing before was it to speak i'm sorry if i didn't get a chance to come to you no no that's all right and then you and then you said Haley, anyway that look you know uh, jump in when anybody's not speaking so i was just uh biding my time um but yeah love what uh, obviously what both uh, michaela and, and luke have said and uh, i'm probably just going to say very similar things but in different phrases but it's really interesting isn't it because uh, what Michaela just said about the fact that people often drop that whole kind of brand awareness piece when you know especially if you are starting out um, but even ongoingly visibility and I talk about visibility a lot visibility is such an important part 
uh, to take up that marketing space in somebody's brain because that's what the marketing element is doing and um, and for me marketing and sales are two sides of the same coin um you know they're two heartbeats of a business because you know you've got the lead generation and the leads coming in which you absolutely need and that's the kind of focus that you put on you know income generating tasks um and then you've got the marketing and then you've also got yeah, the marketing piece, which is all about just staying front of mind when somebody thinks of, uh, you know, um, you know, marketing in the construction industry or, you know, uh, LinkedIn in my case or whatever it might be. So, you know, fashion with with Sonia. So when you hear those certain words, it's, it's that brand association. And I think that's where it's really important. And um, what people don't realize is, uh, and, and this is one thing that I always find with the kind of brand awareness and organic marketing, this visibility, this staying front of mind, all of those things, is people want instant gratification from that. So like Michaela was saying, you've got to keep doing that, even though it might not get you results immediately or instantly, you've got to keep doing that. Uh, and I always um, give the analogy that, look, you can be the ripest, juiciest, most tasteful peach in the fruit bowl. But if you are behind closed cupboard doors, um, then nobody gets to flavour what you're all about. They don't get to see you. They don't get to t have a taste of you in a, you know, in a metaphorical way. Um, and before you know it, you'll be stale, old, rotten and forgotten about. Um, and I think that's the same with marketing. Like you've got to stay in people's uh, minds and that visibility piece is important. Uh, and then what will happen is, you know, with the, the with the paid marketing as well, when you do have the budget for it or when you do start to grow, then you've got both happening at the same time. And I certainly agree with what Luke was saying that, you know, I was uh, imagine a slot machine. If you know, if you put a pound in the slot machine, two pounds come comes out, you then want to put two pounds in the slot machine. So four pound comes out. But it's really understanding that one doesn't have instant gratification. So don't think that it's not working because eventually there'll be a cycle you know now because i'm always visible on on a number of channels whether that be clubhouse linkedin etc you know people come to me going oh my gosh you know what I, i've thought of you because uh, i've been meaning to do this for a while but i didn't have the budget for it or i didn't have and then they've come to me or you know straight away i'll get phone calls or i'll get speaking gigs or whatever it might be because i'm associated with what i do uh, and I think that's where, you know, marketing and sales really go hand in hand. So, yeah, just wanted to kind of add on top of what Michaela and Luke were saying. That's it. Back to you, Hayley. No, I absolutely love that. And that analogy is brilliant. Um, I, I absolutely believe that I am the tastiest peach in the fruit bowl. But you're right. <laughs> if I didn't outsource to Michaela, no one would know about it. <laughs> and the thing about that as well is that not, you know, not everybody likes a peach so that's really good because you disqualify disqualify as well marketing is a disqualification process too and i think that's the great thing about when you get your marketing right is you disqualify the people who don't like peaches do you know you've just brought me perfectly on to something else i was going to ask unless anyone has got anything to add on that last topic that's up on speakers luke hello sorry hello hello can you hear me hopefully my signal's all right um yeah. i just there's just two points I want to make. I completely agree with what everyone's saying. It's, I'm just actually in my car, just sat here nodding, like, yeah, 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 it's, it's amazing. Um, it's, when we talk about brand, and I just want to kind of, because I know that brand has been kind of banded around a little bit, it's really important to remember that when we refer to something as a brand, 
we don't we're not necessarily talking about Nestle or Dyson or you know Argos or Debenhams or John Lewis, which we would define as traditional brands. You yourself being here right today, you are a brand for yourself. So you know Michaela is a brand. You know she, she's had some incredible experiences. She's been on telly. Michaela herself is a brand. So remember that you guys are a brand yourself, and you're representing you and your business. And you can be a personal brand. So it's also really important to remember that as well, that when we talk about brands, we're not just talking about the, what you would traditionally concept as an IP trademark brand. You are a brand. You are here representing yourself today, representing your businesses. And, and that is also so important because one wrong move from an employee or an owner or a founder of a business that gets on LinkedIn or social media or in the press can ruin a brand. And, I, and ruin a business because people lose their trust completely. Look at what happened to BrewDog. You know, all it took was a few leaked emails and everyone hates them. But quite frankly, 99% of the people that were there are probably lovely. Um, so it's also really important to remember that you yourself are a brand and you're representing not only you and what you do in your profession, but also your businesses. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there because I think that's also important to remember. Oh, I love that, Luke. And now you've made me think of another question, but I need to get my other one out. I feel like I've got loads of questions today. This room is just for me, just so you know. Um, Mary, are you flashing because you want to add? Yeah, you know what? Um, obviously, interesting conversation, and it is really, really good to hear everything that everybody's got to say. And actually, as Michaela um, was saying, I am one of those new brands. It is, um, you know, that you're doing it every day. You're doing the marketing and... You're thinking it's not working. It's not working. But you still have to. And I think I spoke to Michaela about this. Like it is literally a full-time job. I've spoken to Annette. It's a full-time job marketing. And it feels like you're trying to get on all the socials. And you're trying to work out what the algorithms means and everything. Trying to grow the brand. But I've got to say, it's not easy as a new online business to become visible. I know you've got to be consistent. We're being consistent. We're doing the reels. We're doing everything we're meant to be doing. But let me tell you, when we can afford it, eventually somebody else can do it. <laughs> it's hard work. <laughs> oh, Mary, can I, can I just add to that, though? You know, the, there's so much that people can do as startups to just make it easier, um, just looking at automation of things. So it is it, it is a matter of consistency. And it can when it comes to social media and you're doing free marketing, it can just take one clever post that really takes off to get the attention that you're looking for to to allow you to then start generating business and it's everybody's go-to things as startups to um to go on social media but there is a lot that you so so two things uh, i'm going to try and not hog the mic so two things number one you need to look at an automation service for your um for your social media so that it doesn't just take over your life so what we would do is sit down for a day and create the content for social media and all the different platforms for the upcoming four weeks so that way you have one creative day and you're not trying to think of something new every single day and then you can use them um, there's all kinds of different platforms out there then you'll schedule those posts in and it'll post it automatically for you so that way you're only dedicating a day to it and you can also um search for something to help with a free brand awareness piece um number one i always speak to your local press uh anybody in in the local area like ours is the bolton evening news so we talk to them and say we've got this going on we've employed some new staff we've bought a building whatever it is that we're doing and get 
coverage in the and national press look to local press as well. So it's easier to go in your local press and be picked up nationally. So look to do that and also um following the hashtag uh, journal requests on Twitter is probably the best place for it um, and you'll see people will put on their journal requests so they look for somebody whatever they might be looking for a woman in construction to do an interview so then I'd get in touch with that um, with that journalist or PR person and say like I'll put myself forward blah 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 um, so that's a way of getting again free press and then you've got more content for your social media and it's building more trust because they see oh she's in the press talking about this so she's um, an authoritative figure in her industry as well. So um, following the hashtag journal request and trying to automate as much as possible can be really good for brand awareness and lead gen for startup companies. What I will say is as soon as the moment is right and you have the money, get somebody to do your website. Now, anybody can build a website on GoDaddy or Wix and all those things, but honestly, I've never seen one that somebody has built who isn't a web developer that have been like, wow, that is amazing because they're normally really, really terrible and they're not going to do anything for you and it's not going to reflect your brand and what you're trying to achieve. So the, for me, the foundation to all marketing is a website because everything you want to do from, if it's free, you're paid for, is going to be sending them back to that website so your social media will be pushing them through to your website so they can get more information on your website you'll build a hub of resources free downloadable things free calculators and we call these lead generators or lead magnets so that we can then if somebody downloads something that you've given away free of charge i then know oh this is a hot lead they're interested in this service or they're interested in that service and if people are landing on the website and going no further i'll look right is there a problem with my pages is there a problem with my website no they must have just not been interested in what what i was doing uh, you can have questionnaires on there just as denisa was saying to disqualify people as well so you're not wasting your time so i would really say that for me the foundations of all marketing plans is your website what does that look like can people see within 10 seconds what your company does is it understandable is it in layman's terms they can always go on to read more but you need something that is so clear so immediately then or that is a marketing agency that is an led lighting company that is a shelving specialist whatever it is is that jumping out and then you build on that and then start to look at what other free things you can do from that point to be sending them back there but i cannot stress enough if you have designed your own website please for the love of god look for another company to do it because i guarantee it will not be good enough and it will not be performing and it won't be reflecting your business like it should be doing which ultimately can have a negative effect on you if you go to a website and it looks shoddy you're just like mm, the trust is lost so all the effort you're putting in on social media and and the press and everything else you do will then be lost by going to a terrible website I can confirm that that is bang on information, Michaela. And you've just brought back full on PTSD of when we were sat for three hours and you're asking me who my target audience was and what do I want to sell? And it was probably the worst, most stressful day of my life because it's just not <laughs> stuff that I knew about. And you absolutely changed that. But yeah, outsourcing was the way forward for me. So I'm going to ask another question to everyone. And it's, it's about this. And it was about when you said to me, Michaela, about who's your target audience and I was like well everyone everyone has lights everyone needs lights and you were like no you need to pick a target audience so 
how do you as a business if you know you can sell to an end user you can sell to a business how do you go about as a startup company kind of going that is who i want my target audience to be and that is who i'm going to talk to does anybody else want to take this i'm happy to but i'm conscious there's quite a few marketing people on stage no all right um so yeah i mean it is difficult when you're a startup hopefully if you are starting a business then you have some experience in it um no problem if not but it's always a bit more of a trickier uh, process so i would look to um to the previous company to the experience that you've got what generates you the most money um, is it is it going to be lots of people generating you a small amount or one person generating you a large amount? And what do you enjoy doing as well? Who do you enjoy working with? Because you just don't want those dog turd clients who are going to give you an headache all the time. So there's certain people who I know I will not work with them. And I'll, I'll know off the first phone call, if they're telling me how to do my job, I'm like, this is going to be impossible and we're all going to end up falling out. I will not work with you. So understanding what you want from your life as well as your business because you know you don't want your job to turn into a massive ball ache um and then look into your competitors as well who, who, who how are they successful are they targeting mass audience or are they really niche down so i know with you Haley, for instance she was like it can be anybody because absolutely everybody does need likes but you didn't enjoy working on domestic properties even the larger ones so we're like well we may as well rule it out there's no point in talking direct to a customer so you wanted to work business to business and then you just hone in more right what, who is going to give me the the largest amounts of money for the smallest for the smallest amounts of input basically yeah, that's the one. <laughs> How can I sit at home and just get this job done for me? So, and and then you you just niche it down further and further, and, and just take yourself through the through the questions. Right? Is it going to be B two B? Is it going to be B two C? Is it going to be in construction or tech, or is it going to be in hospitality or where wherever you're your niche is and then is it going to be a man is it going to be a woman are they going to be 20 or are they going to be 50 so we build out um an avatar so we go beyond the company and to the person who is going to make the decision within that company as well so what's the size of that company is it an sme is it micro businesses um where do they like to go on holiday how do they like to be spoken to are they super professional or are they common as muck so then you know what kind of language to be building into that as well and what kind of visuals to put up there would this person be more likely to be on facebook or would they be more likely to be on linkedin so then you know which platform to focus more energy into and, and how to word it around the the rest of the audience that's going to be on there so i think you've got to go beyond just looking at oh yeah honestly everybody comes to me and they say it can be for anybody and i'm like oh, i promise you now it cannot be for everybody don't talk such waffle mcdonald's can be for everybody <laughs> but not everybody goes to mcdonald's and they don't target everybody so and they're a huge brand so everybody has to find a niche and and you need to find it down to the finest detail so you know if you met that person in the street how would you talk to that to that person how would you introduce your business and what questions would you ask of them so that you can solve the problem that they have wow there is a lot it's very very in-depth and i'm still glad that i don't do it myself has anybody got anything to add to this or any interesting tips for people listening on how you kind of selected your target audience i can add something Haley. Um, come on luke I think that's really Go on then, go on. 
I think what, <laughs> and I agree with that. Honestly, I agree with everyone. But do you know what is the most important thing and most people overlook? And is research and understanding. So most people will focus on the name, they'll focus on the colors, they'll focus on the font, they'll focus on the product or the service. What they won't do is focus on researching who they're actually selling to and who their market is. So whether that be a product or whether that be a service, so whether you're trying to start a new solicitor's firm or whether you're thinking, oh, I've got a load of dog toys I want to sell to, what people don't do is do that preliminary research and ongoing research, it never stops, about understanding who the customer is and the constant change of the customer. Customers can change or you could out of nowhere realize you've got a customer base that you didn't realize because you've never thought that they were in your opinion. Um, so the whole process of, of especially startups is about research, analysis, um, and then kind of trying and testing new things. It's always trying and testing because you will never know your full extent of your audience until you until you try the audience. It's about segmenting audiences. You know, you could sell dog toys, for instance, and then realize that your biggest market is people over 55, the retired people over 55 plus, when you were trying to aim the 20-year-olds with funky packaging. And actually, the people that have actually got the money to spend and the people that have got dogs are in a completely different age bracket to what you would originally thought in your head. So it's always worth doing analysis, and there's lots of ways you can do analysis. For instance, there's a thing called um, Facebook competitors. You can Google um, Facebook ads, and you, you, there's a tool on Facebook where you can see what competitors or what you, think, what you think are your competitors, what they're doing in the adverts, and it'll tell you demographics and um, the type of copy they're using, the uh, type of images or video. Really, really powerful tool if you want to kind of look up and go, right, okay, well, this is my business, this is my niche. What are my competitors doing in that space? There are, you know, Google Trends is another one. You know, it's, it's a free tool to use. So it's always worth, before you go into anything, or before you look at exploring something, especially on a, a new startup level, do your research. Do you know what? Can I just add to that as well, Luke? The analysis. Like nobody seems to analyze. They'll chuck everything out there and they'll throw lots of money at things and then they don't actually look at the results and they will continue with that target audience because just as Luke says, especially with the startup until you understand it, it will change. It it 100% will change over, over time. Um, so you need to understand who that new buyer is now so you can talk more on, on a level to that buyer as well. So ensure that you are analysing everything, understanding. You might think all of my work's coming from LinkedIn because your inbox blows up but actually the conversions of that might not be as great as those who are coming from Facebook for instance so making sure that you're going back at least every quarter um, to see you know and, and running through it and really analyzing the work that you put into it can I also just add something to that as well? Um, and it just triggered me off with what both Michaela and Luke said, and, and that is about language of your ideal target market as well. And I, and I you know, I, I do this a lot with uh, my clients and I talk to them about the fact that when you're looking at your ideal target market, and Michaela, you touched on this earlier on about, you know, the pains, et cetera. But what we often don't think about is we think about our avatar and we think about, you know, their age and their you know, their gender and all of those demographics, but we don't actually think about the language that they are speaking when they are expressing those pains or the needs or the desires or whatever it is in relation to your service. And when you understand the psychology of how your, your client, your potential client or prospect are deciphering that information, expressing the needs, expressing all of that, you can then put that language into your marketing. And I think that is really important 
that so many people miss out on is the language because remember we don't all speak the same language and i don't mean obviously english french german whatever i'm talking about the the language of you know uh marketing the language of selling uh we all have different um ways that we buy different triggers that help us to buy and different um there's various different things that you know some people are more towards and some people are more away from so i remember when I was managing a recruitment when I was, used to work in recruitment. I was managing a team. Some people were motivated by being at the top of the leaderboard. Other people were motivated by not being at the bottom of the leaderboard. And so, uh, when you're motivated by the moving away from the pain, and pain outweighs outweighs gain ten to one. When you're motivated by that, then you've got to have a splattering of that in your marketing. So your clients, those ones who are motivated by moving away from the pain that they're in by not having your service or product, then, um, you know, they will then come towards you. When you also have a splattering of towards values, which is, you know, the stuff there where that they're motivated by because they want to reach something or they want to get something or gain something as a result of your uh, service or product, then they will be, motivated by that so understanding the psychology of your clients is really important when it comes to sales and marketing that's it from me wow i love that and i've completely just realized that we're coming to the end of today's session and i didn't do a re reset but i know you all know you're in the women in business room and as you can tell by the conversation this has really been a marketing crash course and we're sponsored by the wonderful big dog which is luke who uh, website pinned at the top business solutions for everything you could ever possibly need for your business with 32,000 products. And I'm going to put you all on the spot now with the last 15 minutes and come to you all for your top tip for everyone in the audience um, for marketing. And we're going to start throwing Michaela under the bus now. Oh, lovely. Thanks. Uh, I would say it's the website. It's always website for me. You've got to get that right. It's it's the foundations of your, your marketing plan going forward. So uh, make sure you, you buy the best website that you can afford and get somebody else to do it as soon as possible. Um, somebody who really understands it and can talk you through everything. Um, and in addition to this, I just wanted to add actually for anybody listening who does need help, there's quite a few like free downloadable templates on my website website which is frameworkmarketing.co.uk we are positioned in the construction industry but um it's all pretty much the same to be fair we're we're just experts in construction because just as d was saying we know how to target that industry we know how to speak to that client and they do need to be spoken to in a different manner manner than for instance solicitors um but yeah there's, there's still lots of useful hints and tips on there and some different platforms that you can use uh, to help you out when you're looking at doing uh free marketing or, or just starting up but website is my tip so i don't and um what's your website again in case people want a website michaela because i can vouch for her she's really good <laughs> Haley, my biggest fan um yeah frameworkmarketing.co.uk and um, that's that's the main one for all marketing services wonderful luke what's your top tip if you could still hear us i'm here i got three sorry first one Get yourself a marketing expert. Either hire in-house or go to Michaela. That's simple. Number two, number two is do not put all your eggs in one basket. Diversify, diversify your marketing strategy. If you build your business on Google PPC and then Google goes down or your competitor takes your top spot, you're fucked. So make sure that you <laughs> diversify. You are, though. 
so make sure that you diversify, diversify, diversify your marketing strategy. Don't just put all your eggs in one basket. And the third top tip is language. I think that's really important. Know who you're talking to. Know your audience. Give you a classic example. If you buy anything from Pretty Little Things, you will get an email. If you're a female, it will say, hey, babe. And if you get, a, if you get an email, if you're a guy, it will say, hey, mate. That is just that they are targeting their demographic through language. That is the clearest way I can explain it. So make sure you understand who you're targeting and talk to them in the way that they respect and they like to be talked to. Lovely. My top tip I've stolen from somebody else, um, not mentioning any names, Michaela, and I think it goes like, don't sell your product, sell the solution that you're offering. Is that right? That's absolutely bang on. Well done, Hayley. I'm glad you've been listening to me. <laughs> I am a quick learner. Um, Carol, I don't know if you're there, but I'm going to shout your name just in case you are. And I'm going to move on to Elaine. No, I'm not. Sonia, please. Oh, you took away my one, which was sell the problem you sold, not the problem <laughs> you have. I haven't got another one now. Um, I'm going to put you right on the spot. Have you been oh, listening to Michaela as well? I have. I have been listening to her. Um, but that's actually the one that I always use, you know, because, you know, starting my entrepreneurial journey, I was like, I can do anything in fashion. I can do absolutely anything. And that wasn't getting me anywhere. And I really had to hone down. So, and when I, when I really looked at that, um, I uh, started getting loads of clients. So it does work. Definitely. Uh, I can't think of any more. I'm really sorry. Well, I feel like you, you double made the one I said even better and went in depth. So we'll just share it, Sonia. That's fine. You, you said it better than me. Uh, Michelle, what about yourself? Sorry, can I come in here? Oh, sorry, Elaine. I, I thought you weren't sorry. there. I did shout you something. No, no, no. I couldn't. I was acting a bit dancey there. I couldn't find the back button. It's just, yeah. No worries. Um, uh, I, I wanted to say something that um, to do with marketing and branding that your marketing has to um, level up to what your brand is. I think that's really important because a lot of times people just go out on what everybody else is doing. And actually that's maybe what your brand is not speaking to that kind of audience. For example, if your brand screams LinkedIn and you're always on Instagram, then that's not gonna work, I'm just saying. No, yeah, it makes complete sense. I, I still think I would never be brave enough to attempt marketing, but I think these are really good tips for people that are in startup stage or they do do it in-house. I think it's really good to know. So thanks, Elaine. Um, Michelle? Oh, sorry, Sonia, you coming back? I was going to come back if I, because I have thought of another one now. Of course you now. can. Yeah. yeah, so I was going to say, um, when you get your customer avatar, um, it also helps to um, align your values. So you are really working with the people that you want to work with rather than rather than the ones that you don't. I hope that's helpful. No, I love that. It's such a game changer as well, isn't it? Like when Michaela was saying before, some people you just know it's going to be difficult to work with. And I think when you get to a point in your business where you can almost select the people you want to work with based on, you know, how they line up with your morals and your, your core values as a person in a business, it's a complete game changer in your life. It's like ultimate happiness for me. Yeah, Haley. though, I, on top of that, I wouldn't even wait till you get to that point. If you do not want to work with somebody, then do not do it. Because if you commit to doing that, then, then you're going to be stuck in a project working with somebody or for somebody you cannot stand. And that's going to stop you from then continuing to find the people that you do want to work with or the companies you want to work with. So I just 
I just wouldn't do it at all. If there's some red flags or if somebody's trying to screw you down to the ground on your price, like just do not do it. Learn to just say, absolutely not. You're not for me. And you will find somebody else. You've just got to be patient with it. Yeah, it took me a while to learn that. I'd send lads up to Scotland for 20 quid to change a blood socket. I mean, it, it took a while. Right, <laughs> I see you didn't extreme. go yourself though. <laughs> yeah, I'd never go myself. Um, Michelle, sorry, it took me ages to get down to you. Have you got a top tip for the audience? Nope. Anne, are you there? Oh, hi, Hayley. Um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm very new to all this, but um, I think one thing I would say in terms of like um, building visibility um, and, and similar to what's been said on talking to people in a language that they want to be spoken to, but talk to them or use mediums that they want. You know, if, if your um, target market's all on TikTok, you know, wanting the sort of fun video type of thing, that, then that's what you probably should be doing, I guess. Um, and if, if it's a bit more serious and they're looking for, you know, informational um, material, then maybe you want to be doing documents or something on LinkedIn. So I think it's probably back to understanding your, your target and um, talking to them in a way they want to be talking to. Yeah, definitely, Anne. Thank you. And I know it's tough when I come down to the bottom and I throw you all under the bus, but I secretly enjoy it. No, I don't really. I just think it's good to get everybody involved. Um, Danita, what's your top tip then? I know you've added a lot today, but what's your number one? <laughs> you do enjoy it, Hayley. Go on, don't lie. Don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, my top tip is consistency. Uh, nothing happens without consistency. If you're going to be remembered in somebody's brain uh, when they, you know, because remember, when you're ready to sell, not everybody is ready to buy. So that's why consistency will keep you remembered um, so that they do come to you. So whatever you do, be consistent and take action. Love that. Thank you. Um, hey, Annette, um, I know we've not heard from you since your intro, but if you're still there, have you got a top tip for people listening? I have. Apologies, guys. Typical. I was in the middle of a Zoom. <laughs> That's all right. Thanks I'm really for still sorry. Being so here. I did miss most of it. So I'm so sorry. Um, but just a couple, I think, from me uh, to finish off. I think if anything, um, just really, really do your homework, do your research. And exactly as I think Luke and Michaela were saying, just really niche it down, get down to your avatars. Um, set out your strategic plan and then just, you know, analyze, just continuously analyze your plan. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a moving book, right? So it's not set in stone. Um, so for me, that would be a, a couple of key pointers. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. Um, Mary, I know you said before with a startup and you were struggling, but I'm still going to ask you for your tip, but maybe more for your, like, from a startup point of view and you've not got the money to be throwing it outsourcing. Uh, do you know what? Actually, quite a few of the ones that you've said already for us, the solution was a big one because um, I was a little bit like you. I think, Hayley, I think you maybe said earlier that running around like a headless chicken thinking I could serve everybody and everybody wants to find our product. Clearly, they don't. Um, so we just really focused in on the solution now and and that, that brought our audience down based on that, really. Um, so that, but also what Michaela was saying earlier, um, I mean, when I was at uni, and this is 30 years ago, I did marketing business, and um, and then I went into PR. And stupidly, I was listening to Michaela earlier, I'm thinking, I probably, because I'm so far removed and everything's moved on, you know, we didn't even have Facebook then when I was doing that. So social media and everything's moved on. So, um, but Michaela said earlier about, obviously, co contact the local press and everything. I'm thinking, 
you know, I hadn't even considered it. I'd let it go out of my mind. So, do you know what? It's just reminded me that I need to get back to some a bit more PR things. And, um, yeah, so that was a really good tip that Michaela gave earlier. Always drop gems and you'll always learn something in these Friday rooms. We can promise you that. <laughs> Thanks, Mary. Hey, Alison, have you got a top tip for everybody? Thank you so much. Uh, so, like Mary, also pretty much a startup. And I was really intrigued to hear about the 30% of, your, of putting your profits back into your business uh, to spend on your marketing. I'm not sure if I'm there yet, but definitely could even consider, you know, the, what I do, the profits that I do have now, um, having a smaller portion of that to have a more consistent approach to my marketing. And I think that along with that is then also outsourcing the marketing. It's not my zone of genius. 100% is not my zone of genius. I'm trying to do all things. I'm trying to be all people to all things. So I think the other tip that really resonated for me was looking for outsourcing and getting some expertise to support me with that. So those would be my top, not my tips, but the things that I'm, I've written down and taking away today is set aside some money on a consistent basis and um, outsourcing. Thanks so much. Love that, Alison. I'm with you. Outsource, outsource, outsource. <laughs> Let the experts do their thing and you do what you can do. So I love that. Um, hey, Julia, sorry to come to your last day there. That's okay. I'm happy nobody nicked my tip. <laughs> oh, this got to be good then. Come on, Julia. Well, my top tip, learn the hard way, is be ultra specific who do you want to be connected to. Because uh, on an example, I have a friend and he does pensions and it's one of those things that everybody needs a pension, whether the high level director or the low level director or they're employed or anybody, everyone needs a pension of some sort, right? But the minute you say, I want to talk to the accountant, there's millions of people I can think of. The minute he says, oh, I want to talk to people wanting pensions. Well, nobody wants a pension. So if you can be ultra specific and like fifth grade English, as in, this is the person I want to talk to, you're going to succeed way quicker. Absolutely brilliant. What a gem to finish on. And I'm now going to pass back round to Michaela to wrap us up. Yes, thanks, Hayley. Um, yeah, I, I, just one last thing I wanted to add, actually. Um, if you have a personal purpose in life or there's something that you're aiming for, um, so this is on your personal brand, then you should be leading with that because it will ultimately draw attention to all of your other businesses. So at the minute we are doing, um, I raise a lot of awareness around women in construction and the lack thereof, which I'm sure most of you know, um, but we're doing the Women in Construction Awards in um, on the 2nd of September this year. It's the it's an industry first and we're giving money back to a charity to introduce <clears throat> young girls and women into the, into the industry uh, using a course that I've created with or me and Haley are creating with City and Guilds um, and I think just by talking about that then people then go on to my website so go on to my Instagram or whatever see my websites go on to there and have a look around at what we do and that in itself is just a lead generator for you so you're talking about your your own personal whatever it is that you're passionate about and you will find a 
a community, a group of people who that resonates with then who will all become your potential clients. Um, so it's a really easy way to do it. And if it's something that you're passionate about, you want to talk about it anyway. So don't shy away from, from any personal projects, basically. Um, put it out there and lead with purpose because that's literally doing wonders for our business at the minute we're doing in the women in construction stuff free of charge but um there's lots of business coming off the back of it so which i'm glad to see because um you know i'm not a charity so <laughs> all good um so yeah if you do have a purpose then i'll be talking about it and I just want to say thanks again to, to Luke um, and Big Doug for consistently being our sponsor here. Uh, Luke, a prime example how consistency it does work um, because he's been sponsoring this room now for eight or nine months. And um, yeah, I know he's had some good wins off, off doing that as well in this room. So it's um, it, it's the, the longer play, but it does pay off. So if you don't know Big Doug yet, then click on the link above. Over to you, Hayley. Brilliant. I think that rounds us off nicely. If everyone's, well, if everyone's done speaking, then I want to wish you all a good weekend and thank you very much for being here and we'll see you next Friday.